I'm Tom Whalen. I'm Jay Day. Of Jay Day and the Day home team with real estate teams with our weekly real estate podcast. Jay Day, as a layperson, I've always been confused about what does the appraiser do? What are these appraisals all about? And does this benefit the buyer or does this benefit the seller? Who pays for this? And what's the use of having your place appraised? Well, that's a great question. I mean, almost all transactions, unless they're cash and they waive doing an appraisal, um, there's an appraisal that's done. So if someone's getting a USDA loan, conventional, VA, FHA, there's always an appraisal. And the appraisal, the appraiser actually doesn't work for the seller. They technically don't work for the buyer. Their job is really they're there to protect and work for the bank. Oh, for the lender. Yes. So if you're thinking about selling your home, you don't think immediately, well, I have to have it appraised. But no, no. And, and most people end up not getting the appraisal done until they have a contract because with the way the market is and things moving so quickly, you just never know what's going on. Now, occasionally, we may have a seller get an appraisal if they have a unique property. And let's say that we give them an estimate. We say, we think your home is worth five fifty, And they're like, you know, I really was hoping I could sell it for six fifty. We say, well, if you'd like, you can have an appraisal done and we can work with you on that. Um, you know, and some people have have had that done because there's some homes that are just not you can't really find anything like it. You know what I mean? Sure. It's, you look around and you're like, this doesn't fit in. This isn't the most normal home. And I don't mean it's abnormal or weird looking, but you know, I've had some very interesting homes that I've sold in West Virginia that are massive that, you know, are much bigger. They're like five times bigger than the average home in the area or they have they're right on the Potomac or you have, you know, there's all these different things that can come into play. Now, the interesting thing is, you know, as we talked about values increasing and things changing, we're running into issues where, you know, the values are increasing faster and not all the homes are appraising. So, what the lender really wants to do is they have the appraiser appraisal done because they're like, okay, if I'm going to lend you all of this money, I need to make sure it's really worth it. Let me ask you this, Jay. Does this person come on site and appraise your house, or do they do it virtually? Most of the – well, before COVID, they were all pretty much on site. There are some where they do not go on site, but that's a rare thing here in Maryland. Most of them are coming out to see the home um, to be able to determine what the value is. There are occasionally some that do a drive-by where they look at the exterior and they base it on photos, but the majority of the ones that we have seen recently have all been on-site appraisals. Do they make and do they give it? Do they look at the numbers that you guys look at? What is a three-bedroom, two-bath selling for in that area? Yes, they'll look at that, and then they tend to look at the trend of the neighborhood. Because so, let's talk from a buyer perspective. You're going in. You're you're writing on this house. There's only you know 40 of them available, 20 homes available, whatever. You're writing an offer. Now, when you're writing that offer, you're going to look at homes that sold, but the challenge is there's all these homes that went under contract, and those homes that went under contract probably sold for more than the homes that sold because we're on an upward trend. Sure, I understand. So, values are going up. So, the appraiser has to look at the trending as well, and sometimes there are homes that don't appraise. Let's say that you wrote an offer for 400 and the house only appraised for 395 so there's a $5,000 difference. Now, the lender is going to say, well, you're going to need to come up with a difference, Mr. Buyer, to do this. 
So then the buyer can ask the seller to come down on appraised value, or and the seller can say yes or no. So what we're finding on the seller side is a lot of the offers that are coming in, the buyers are escalating the price up, but they're also adding a clause where they say, we're willing to pay the cash difference of up to 10000 15000 whatever the number is, of over-appraised value if it doesn't appraise. So these appraisers, they have a lot of power. The number they come up with yes. really matters, doesn't it, it? It really does. They're a crucial part of the entire process. And is this something that you go find, or do, or can a layperson say, I need an appraiser? So the funny thing is, in the past, there used to be more say in who the appraiser is. But in a financial transaction, no, the lender can't can't talk to them. There's a panel of appraisers that are, that is available, and those people get selected. But you can't say, "I want Bob to go appraise this house because Bob's my friend and Bob's going to do a deal for me." Um, that does not exist anymore. And I mean, because that was what created the false inflation of prices when we had the bust years and years sure. ago. Absolutely, back um, in 2008. Yeah, but it's it's a really important thing because you know we're running into this more and more. And from a buyer perspective, so if we just say, if I'm a buyer, you know, in the past when the market wasn't crazy, a buyer would never pay more than what a house was worth, most likely. They're like, why would I pay more than what the bank thinks it's worth? Um, and that was a really good question then. But now it's changed a little because let's say that the house appraises for 15000 or 20000 less. And you might have five other buyers that are willing to pay more. So when you say to the, the other buyer, well, it's up to you, but remember, if they actually don't want to inc- decrease the price and they get another buyer, so let's say that this house was worth 500,000 and the buyer offered 520. And the, you know, and the buyer now has to come up with a $20,000 difference. They're thinking, "Okay, well why would I do that?" Sometimes people say, "Okay, we'll agree to 510, we'll agree to 515, whatever that number is." But let's say that that buyer says, "I'm not paying it." And then that seller gets another person who's willing to pay five twenty. So now, guess what? Because that settled for five twenty, the next house that goes on the market is going to be five twenty five. So that buyer missed out on that house, and now the standards are set for the appraisal that the values increase. Does that make sense? Yes, it does make sense, Jay. And I feel sorry for you because after 17 years in the business, you would think, you know, it's going to get easier in 17 years. This is the craziest (laughs) thing. But you're you're having to learn like it's a brand new job. Yeah, and we tell people, I mean, at certain times, and now, candidly, we do say to people, if you think you're going to be in the house for two years or something, it's probably now may not be the time to buy because, you know, in two years, will the value still be increasing or will they go back? There's a chance that the values will drop a little bit. Um, so you don't want to be upside down if you have to sell. But most people are looking for that house that they're planning to be in for 10 years or more. If you're looking at that, it's a great time to buy because, yes, the, the price is high. However, with the interest rate being as low as it is, let's say that house is $500,000. you are looking at it right now at 2.75%. Let's say two years from now that house drops in value to four fifty. But the interest rate is five percent. Your monthly payment is going to be a heck of a lot more out of your pocket. So when you're looking to stay in a place long term, it's all about what you're paying every month. 
You know, one of my builders actually said it best. When you're writing that mortgage payment every month, you're either going to love that house or you're going to hate it. <laughs> and, and, and you really think about it when you're writing the check. Sure, absolutely. Every time I can imagine. Yes. So when you write the check, if you're like, man, this is awesome, you know, or let's say you waited, the house goes on the market three years later, the price drop and the interest rate's higher. And then you're like, man, I'm paying more money for this house because I waited for the market to slow down, but the interest rates are horrible. So I could have bought the house and paid more money for it, but my monthly payment was less if I would have bought it when the rates were under 3%. Now I'm buying it at 5.5%, and I'm paying, instead of 2200 a month, I'm paying 2800 for the same same house, and the price was, was, price was cheaper. So and that's why I try and get everyone to look at it that way when they're on the buyer side. What matters most if you're planning on staying in the house longer is how much is that check that I'm writing every month for the mortgage. If it's if it's if it's a number you love and you think you're going to be there for a while, it doesn't matter if the value drops twenty or fifty thousand dollars. Now, if you think you're going to sell it in two years, that's a whole other story. <laughs> but if you think like, hey, this is my house, I want to be in. I want to have raise the kids here. You know, I wanted I wanted the house with the pool. I wanted to get all of this, and it's a house that you can stay in. And it has all the things you want. It has the home office. It has a space where the kids can do their homeschooling if needed. It hits all those different things. It's you know, it's definitely could be a, a win for you. That's why you call Jay because there's actually a situation where Jay will say, maybe this is not the right time to buy your home, man. That's why you call these guys. Oh yeah, we've had that conversation. Sure, with I know. I've I've heard this before, and that's amazing in the industry. Yeah, I say you know, if you think this is like a two year thing. Um, I don't know if this really makes sense for you. And and we've had other people say, well, I'm going to get an in-between house. And I'm like, does that make sense? Or do you want the house that your house that's more, you know, the bigger house, the end house, because your payment's going to be so cheap? Maybe you don't do the in-between or you go right for the house with a pool or whatever it is you were looking for because you're borrowing money for almost nothing right now. That's why you call the pros. Call Jay Day of Jada and the Day Home Team of Real Estate Teams. Give us our Home of the Week. Yes, I do. This House of the Week this week is in Frederick, Maryland, located at 1241 Danielle Drive, number A. Uh, this house is an open concept end unit. It includes two beds, two baths, a living room slash dining room area featuring pergo flooring and offers plenty of natural light and access to the patio and outdoor space. The kitchen includes a full set of appliances, a small breakfast bar, perfect for enjoying a cup of coffee. Rounding out the main level are the convenient laundry area and a half bath. The master bedroom includes a walk-in closet and an attached bath. The second bedroom and full bath complete the upper level. All exterior maintenance and landscaping is taken care of for you, offering close proximity to shopping and dining and options. If you'd like to see pictures of this home, go to WFRE.com, look up Tom and Jay's Real Estate Podcast. If you like what you see and you want us to get you into the home, give us a ring at 866-702-9038 and we'll get you an in-person tour today.